Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Next up, Lou Jerry and Pincer Zach. so much easier than cutting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. I'm not Jerry Lou, but uh, currently he's out of commission. I've got Nolan Smith with me as always. I'm Zach Penser, and we've got our best friend from Denmark over here, Sebastian Kaplan. How's it going? How are you guys? I'm good. Not too bad. Uh, first podcast, first video podcast. Unfortunately, Jerry can't make it. Like we said before the show, if he didn't have the coronavirus, he might have it now. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jerry's, Jerry's rushed himself off to the hospital, and that's all we know. <laughs> he just shot us yeah. a text saying, hey, guys, I've uh, fallen ill, and I'm going to the hospital. Good luck. <laughs> so what have you been Hopefully up to? He comes out on top. Um, well, trying to stay busy, as you guys might have noticed, I decided oh, yeah. I was going to get better at baking. <laughs> yes, let's get right into it, man. How's that, how's that it's sourdough always, coming? It's going well. Bacon's always been one of those topics for me that I feel like I should be decent at, but I'm terrible at. Is that like because a... Because I love... Is your, is your mom very good at baking or something? Or Yeah, I mean, she was always good growing up, baking different things, cakes and stuff. And I love cooking. So, And I feel like I'm decent in the kitchen when it comes to cooking food. But it's like I hit a wall when I start baking. I can follow a recipe and then look at the product at the end and I'm like, what went wrong? Because this doesn't look right, but this doesn't taste right. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to try this and see if I can't do it right. And, um, yeah, I mean, the sourdough is coming on well. Uh, it still needs a couple more days to really be ready, I think, or according to the recipe. Um, but I made a, just like a quicker bread the other day that turned out really well, and it, yeah, tasted great. Is that a, so. a rye bread? Yes, Danish rye. <laughs> yeah, it's way different from when you think of a rye bread here in the U.S. Like, it's, doesn't it, like, I feel like rye bread over here is a normal bread but then it has fennel seeds in it is that right something yeah, like that. yeah. pretty accurate yeah it doesn't taste anything like that and it doesn't have any fennel in it so huh. so how it's long does sourdough bread take to make it seems like it's been like weeks yeah, i know it's well this one says it needed to sit on the counter for 10 days <laughs> basically it says you want it to go as bad as it can nice. you want it to turn really bad and smell really bad Really That's the whole point, I think. Cultural, cultivate. <laughs> exactly. But um, then now when you have it started, it, you can keep it going. It just You take a little bit out and then you just refresh it with a little fresh water and flour. And you can, I mean, I've heard people having them going for years. So just keep them in the fridge and take a little bit every time they make a new fresh bread. So For years? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a friend back in Denmark. He told me the other day his, his dough just turned two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> might have a new profession at hand besides baking have you been up to anything else Keeping wait your call? friend has has bread with a deeper relationship than any of zach's girlfriends <laughs> That's, yeah That's i like that not wrong. 
I'm oh, sorry, no. Zach. No, it's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. What can you do? No, when I'm just apologizing for cutting you off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you, you win some, you lose some again. Besides uh, baking, keeping the golf game sharp or uh, moved on to other brighter pastures? No, I've, I've been out there a couple times. We're fortunate enough to that they're keeping the place open for us. Um, but I'm probably out there. I mean, I've been out there probably three or four times the last week um, just doing short game stuff. It's really hard to put in full days when you don't really have a time timeline to, to work towards. Um, so for me, it's just being trying to keep things that's at a steady level and not just try to not lose the feel really. Yeah, I've been hearing that from I've been hearing that from a lot of uh, athletes. Is it's it is pretty. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that, but that all of you are saying the same thing is that it's really hard to like try to I don't know stay at that top level of peak in shapeness and keep your game crisp when you have no idea when game time when the lights are going to flash back on. Which yeah, I was like, sure. why don't you want to like work really hard like almost like it's an off season but um i guess it's it's totally different when you separate it like that so yeah i just think I, what always goes away for me is always the touch in the on the greens and around the greens and inside 120 yards so those are the things that i just try to keep working on or at least keep some feel going um cuz it never really takes I mean, it never really takes that long to get back into the long game to get somewhere where it's decent. But usually when I come off of an off season um, or a bigger, longer break, it's always in a short game or something like that where you feel like you're missing the extra shots or you're giving away the shots like you normally don't. Yeah. yeah. Have you been uh, playing with Jared at all? We know he's out there with you. Yeah, no, he – I've seen him a couple of times. He actually – it's funny. The week of the players, he uh, – I pulled into the golf course down the street, the plantation club, because I have a friend down there that let me come out there to practice. And Jerry's just sitting in his car in the parking lot when I when I came down there. I rolled down the window. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I have a friend down here. You let me come out. I'm like, oh, I have a friend here too to let me come out. So, no, I've seen him around there. He obviously had a good start, and he's allowed back there to, with everyone else in the back area now, so. Yeah, so b- before we get to any more serious golf talk, we have something that we have to bring up for you. You might not be happy to hear it or for the world to hear about it, but Jared told us a little story about uh, you deciding to break some windows out at your local course. Care to elaborate? Apparently oh. you hit one into a tent. Oh, yeah, he was there. <laughs> yeah, so you weren't gonna say anything unless you realized he was there. Truth shall come to the light. <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah, that was pretty funny. I think it was probably, I mean, was it last? It might have been last year. No, two years ago before the players. It was like maybe four weeks before the players, and I was in the just on the back range there on the, the kind of the right side and. You know, to the left of Nine Green, they built some hospitality tents over there. Um, and I was just hitting nine irons out towards the range, and I just absolutely hustled one. I was working on something or whatever, and I just absolutely hustled one. And I never really thought that this – it was just perfectly facing a big glass door, the double doors on this 
hospitality tent and it just it was bullseye right in the middle of that glass oh my god and I, called, I called the i called the club up there and say listen this is what happened and they were like yeah you'll be all right someone will see it and someone will fix it <laughs> nice so then it was never spoken of again <laughs> the, the perks of being a tour player right did you do one of those you do one of those ones where you, you look down at the club and you're like, man, what, what's wrong with this club? Yeah, I was like, did I grip that wrong? Did I, did I just flip it upside down or something? <laughs> no, that was it. I don't know. I was working on something. I was just not really worried about where the ball was going, but not – yeah, I didn't think it was going to go that like that. Luckily for you, though, that's the only good scoop we got. No one wanted to dish out any trash. Really? We asked yeah, Taylor. You refused. I don't know if I do. I I can probably come up with some trash. You you yeah, think exactly. about That's what we told Taylor? I said, well, yeah. if you're not going to give us anything about him, we're going to get a lot about you. Together. <laughs> I don't know what trash I have. That's a, I'm not. I'm I'm not afraid to come out with some trash that I have. So That's when I think good. about it, I will let you guys know. <laughs> I'm starting to think there's an unwritten rule. <laughs> no, no uh, it's not an unwritten rule, apparently. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So, um, what a I don't. We haven't had you on in a while. Um, what kind of were your thoughts, or what was your reaction when you first heard about players stopping? Or at first, right, it was. It was going to fan or fans being not allowed on the Friday through Sunday. Zach was actually yeah. down there. Um, yeah, it was there Thursday following Hubs. <laughs> I think it's the last live sporting event for fans now that I was at Humble Brown. Yeah, he stayed. He stayed with me that week. That week? Oh, see, I don't know why he said he's like, oh yeah, we're staying with a friend. I'm like, well, you could have said who it was now. <laughs> yeah. He's keeping your name they, secret, I guess. They were staying with us. But, no, it was pretty surreal. Like, I mean, it started, honestly, it started the week before. Probably the, the Thursday before the players, my dad calls me from Denmark. And that's when, like, I think Italy was starting to get bad. My dad calls me. He goes, yeah. I think they're going to cancel the players next week. And I said, it's three days out from being Monday of the players. There's no way. No one is even considering this in the U.S. I mean, it's talked about, but no one is taking any precautions or doing anything. So I told my dad, there's no way. And then, I mean, come Monday, it kind of, yeah, I mean, it was in the media a lot. And then, as we all know, it just escalated Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, I mean, we were basically just pawns in a big play here. And we were just, yeah, okay, now we're not doing this. Now we're doing that. We couldn't. We had no control. It's it was very surreal. Yeah, and then were you expecting all the events afterwards to be canceled? I kind of had a I had a feeling when I saw some of the major um, major sports leagues suspend their their seasons. I had a feeling that the PGA Tour somehow was going to follow in that footstep. Um, but you just in the moment, you just never know. Um, I know golf is different. It's it really isn't. I mean, it's not a contact sport. It's out in the open. 
I know it requires a lot of people to run events, but it's not like where we necessarily have to have a big crowd in one place or we're running up and down each other or whatever it is. So it, it, it is a sport that can be spread out and people can doesn't necessarily have to be in contact with each other. Yeah, one thing I've been saying for a while, I don't understand why they don't keep holding the events. Like you might, if you want, split it up into groups of two or even groups of one, like you could do it. It might take longer to hold the tournament, but it's better than nothing. I'm sure all the players would be happy to play, find a way to yeah, get it done. I'm, I'm curious what the PGA Tour is thinking right now. I mean, if it was me, I would be every, – everything's on the table. Yeah. We've got to figure something out. Have you so, guys been I mean, in contact with them at all, or do they talk to the players? A few updates. Um, obviously, there's some updates around the whole thing about their Olympics getting postponed. Um, but we've heard a few things about the possibility of the PGA Championship going somewhere like – week or a couple of weeks right around before the FedEx playoffs um, I don't know possibility of expanding expanding fields of tougher events over the summer because there really aren't going to be many events left by the time we get back um, so I'm, inter- I'm still interested to see how they're going to play it out with getting Corn Ferry Tour graduates in that category giving them their fair share of events um, it just seems every every option seems like someone's gonna someone's toes is gonna get stepped on. And yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows who that's gonna be. I have a feeling that the guys that make money for the tour, which is the top ten guys, are not gonna lose anything. But that's just my <laughs> opinion. That's nothing against anyone. It's just how business works, I think. Yeah. Yeah. how was your what was your standings like for for the Olympics? Um, I needed a few good events coming up. Um, I, was, I don't know. I think what are we? There's probably five, five guys that are in somewhat contention of it of getting the the Olympic spots. Uh, the fact that Torbjorn Olsen was was suspended and stuff takes one spot out of there because it, it looked like for a while that it was going to be Lucas and and Torbjorn. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, it's pretty open. Who knows? I haven't even heard now. Now the other question is, do they extend the guideline or the deadline for when you qualify? Or do you say, is it still this year? Or, I'm, Yeah, there's so many things up, up in the air that hasn't been decided yet. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming they would bring, sounds like they're canceling the Olympics and scheduling it for 2021. So yeah. I would think they'd have to almost extend the – um, points accumulation period through halfway of next year or so. I mean, I would agree for especially, I mean, for golf for sure, but it's interesting because a lot of other sports, like you have a lot of sports for the Olympics where people are already qualified. True. Like what do you, what do you do as like a pole vaulter? Do you just say, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch for seven months before I start training again. <laughs> We're going to have to research that, help out the pole vaulters. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon had a funny had a funny line about it the other night on his show, so that's how I know about it. There, are, but if you really think about it, some of the sports of the Olympics, there are people that are already that's the only thing they work for in four years. Yeah. yeah, the Olympics is yeah their their echelon, their their peak of the mountain, right? And exactly, and then that, they're like oh, let's sit down, <laughs> let's take a step back for seven months or 
another year until we can get to work again. Yeah, that's yeah, brutal. Some, some of those, some of those people's like window of being super competitive is a lot smaller. It's not like a, it's not like golf where you can be like at your peak level of performance for like five years, sometimes ten years. Like sometimes for them, it's like I'm gonna get one shot of being in the Olympics and that's it. Yeah, I did thirteen. I mean, I know, Chinese gymnast. I know from just like uh, the Hubbards, Megan. I mean, she was a really good swimmer in school. I don't. I don't know if it fell right. Like it really depends on when you finish like college versus when the Olympics fall. Whether you think you can try to qualify or not in certain sports. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess it's kind of unfair in that way because some people it's just perfect. They come out of college and they're at their peak through college, and then they go straight to qualifiers for the Olympics, where some people might have to wait like two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So then the most people in weird sports that don't can't really make a great living if you keep doing it, people have to quit because it, yeah, they would have to yeah. keep going for two years or something like that without anything. How much weight do you put on representing your country at the Olympics? I guess maybe not in a bad way. Like me too, I'm Canadian. It would be much easier to represent than if you're American, you have to be top five in the world. Yeah, it's tough to represent America for sure, but I think, I mean, it would mean the world to me to be able to represent Denmark for sure. It would definitely be one of those bucket list one in a lifetime experiences where I'm like, okay, I'm just here. I don't care how I play. I made it here and I just want to show the flag and tell my kids that I did this. This is one of those things. Yeah. Where would you rank Olympic gold? Oh, okay, Nolan. Don't mind the lag. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Where, Sebastian, where would you rank winning an Olympic gold compared to – would it be up there with a major? Or would it be PGA Tour? I think it would be. I mean, golf is still young at the Olympics, so it's tough to say, but the Olympics is the Olympics. I mean, it's still – it's the Olympic rings on your medal. It's – everyone's going to know what that is, so it – it's for sure up there, I think. I mean, it's the Olympics is not about money. It's it's about prestige and honor. So, I mean, it's a little bit different than a major, but I still think it's up there in terms of, of prestige, for sure. What what kind of sports does Denmark excel at? I'm, I'm wondering if you have the chance to be the, the actual flag bearer, man. <laughs> we Summer Olympics, what are we good at? We've had... I mean, our under-21, the soccer team has been good Yeah, a couple of times. Um, Summer Olympics. Oh, we've been really good at the crew, at four, four-man four crew rowing. Yeah. We had, I think there was a big thing about it. They're called the Gold Four. They won, now I'm guessing, but like three or four Olympics in a row, the same crew. That's, that's, which is pretty insane. Yeah. That's like 16 um, years apart or 12. Exactly. Or... It's, it's something crazy. So Summer Olympics, that's probably our most successful, um, yeah, successful sport. It's the, it's the crew for sure. Right on. So how are you coping now with, I got to ask you about The Bachelor being done. Batch- <laughs> the Bachelor is over. I heard they are suspending the recording for The Bachelorette. So a lot of tears happening right now. 
I didn't, I didn't even what know that. What are you filling your time with? Yeah, well, now you do. Yeah. Um, I like uh, – I'm a, I'm a big Jimmy Fallon fan, so I'm following along with his little home edition shows that he's doing with his family. Um, but obviously, yeah, those are me, small little shows good. every night. Yeah. Um, but, no, we recently started watching uh, Outlander on Netflix, which multiple people have – have suggested and we're really getting into it. It's kind of slow to begin to not much happens, but you really, it's a show kind of, it gave me kind of the same feeling as when you start watching Game of Thrones, you feel like the first two seasons, you're like, if you don't, if you're not really getting into it, you're like, ah, it's just like some made up show, science fiction, they live in their own world or whatever. But it takes the the show takes its time to, to really get into the characters and you actually, get to know the characters and it eventually comes together and it makes sense. Right. Uh, have you guys seen uh, Tiger King? It's much worse. I, I, I was just about to say that too, because I've had like 10 people the last few days telling me to watch it. Yeah. I just, I've been seeing it flying across like all my social media. It's like, you ought to watch Tiger King. And I'm like, what is this? What, Zach, what is I've it? I've heard about? it's like super weird, but its story is oh, crazy. That's is, all I know. Must watch. So, it's about this guy, Joe Exotic, and this other guy who has, like, private tigers and lions and gorillas. So and they're all real. lunatics. Joe Exotic is currently in jail facing, like, 20 years in prison for murder to hire to kill this Carol Baskin woman who wants him shut down. She's a <laughs> lunatic who, like, I'm pretty sure killed her husband. That's, like, what the show gives off. <laughs> it's, like, this guy's, like, a super gay, like, covered head to toe in tattoos like obsessed with like guns and like shooting them into pools and threatening to kill people truly a fantastic show <laughs> you guys need so to watch actually, it it's actually a, like a season long show it's not just like a documentary or something it's five or six episodes of like an hour each sounds like a it's good yeah a good time filler there Sebastian, I mean, I can you start live tweeting it. Followers, huh? You start live tweeting that. Followers through the roof. Really? <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. I will say for people that haven't watched the Aaron Hernandez series, is that's mind blowing too. Yeah. That is a that's a wake up call for how society and how people work sometimes. Yeah, this is like a weird time though. Everyone has so much spare time, and we're like promoted to just sit around and do nothing so it's really starting to drive me crazy and no sports i mean again the esports at this point i was trying to read an article earlier today i had a notification on espn and i couldn't pull it up and it was something about there's a country that's still their soccer league is still going on the the, the thailand high school boys soccer that's crazy. Something, something was still going on isn't there betting odds on it Zach, is that what we yeah. were talking yeah, about? Yeah, there's betting odds on Thailand's boys' high school soccer. I don't know how it's illegal, but <laughs> the Aussie rules football shut down. It's really a nightmare. I, mean, I, I enjoy they, – they're replaying or – I'd like the, the fishing championships on ESPN now. They're great. <laughs> the fishing championships? Yeah, that's fun. Is fishing big in Denmark? Uh, yeah, it is actually. I mean, we're surrounded by water. We have a lot of uh, industry in the, in the ocean, so 
there's a lot of fish available. It's true. A lot of seafood. I could see that for sure. I saw they're doing a ton of different simulations and whatnot um, of like actual, like I know the Portland Timbers, our MLS team over here was like live streaming FIFA simulated games of the rest of their season. I think Madden has been doing a lot of games that they're like putting over-unders on or spreads on. It's entertaining, but not the same, man. I watched um, the other day Formula One did a virtual race. Yeah. Formula One or NASCAR? Or did they both? They both. They both did it. But the Formula One one, uh, Ian Poulter was in the race. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. If you go on their website, they have the whole coverage. You can just stream it. But it's it's pretty cool. That's what you guys have to start doing. Honestly, you guys should organize like five or six of you guys or four. Have a nice foursome of simulated golf and just stream it. Yeah. I mean, I I think that would be very doable. I mean, everyone has trackmans now, so all you have to do is just put up a net or something and you basically have a trackman yeah. or a simulator. Plus, that would be, like, incredible entertainment for everyone just sitting at home. Yeah. Just go challenge, like, Hubs. He'll do it. (laughs) He's bored out of his mind, too. (laughs) Everyone. They they finished nine Star Wars movies in, like, four days. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. At least it wasn't, like, the extended cut edition of, like, uh, Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah, those are brutal. (laughs) Like, four hours and 15 minutes a movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, oh, I thought you had something, Nolan. Um, no, not much, man. I saw, um, Sebastian. I I hopped on your your live, your Instagram live the other day. Um, no, I just, I needed to try something new. I was like, maybe I should try this. I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing, really. Yeah, what was that for? I saw, like, the day before, you were like, hey, I'm hopping on Instagram Live at 10 or whatever, and I just so happened to see it when you came on. Was that just was that just you? Yeah, I mean, the, the PGA Tour Entertainment or the – we have a couple of people in different um, parts of the PGA Tour that helps us, helps us promote stuff, and they also bring stuff to us, but they can reach out to us for stuff. Um and they just sent out an email, I think, to everyone just saying, these are all the things that we're going to start doing. And we would love for you guys, all the players to, I don't know, be free to do all these things and we'll help you promote it through our platforms. So I think Friday or something like that, I was like, why don't I do like a Instagram live thing? And just try to connect to some fans that maybe have questions uh, just to get some understanding just get some two-way two-way conversation going. So I was like, I told the guys at the PJ Tour, I said, I'm gonna, why don't I do this on Monday? And you guys can just promote it through your, uh, through your platforms. And it wasn't until like Sunday they told me, hey, you should post something and then put that "ask me a question" box in the post so people can actually ask you questions. Yeah. So I had no, I had no idea that that was. I mean, I've seen people do that before, but I had no idea how to do that. So. I learned how to do that, and then I got a bunch of questions, and I, mean, I took some some questions live on the on the live show, and some of the questions people had sent in. I mean, it's pretty fun. Yeah, good way to interact with the fans. I feel like people love it. You know, 
Exactly. Yeah, it looked like, looked like you had a lot of following from back home. I saw a lot of words that I weren't, wasn't understanding. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to – there's a couple times where I wanted to switch into Danish because the question was in Danish, but I tried to, to keep it on an even keel in, in English the whole way. That might be, have to be the next podcast if we have no more golf still. We'll have to learn Danish. You know? <laughs> Learning you know. Danish, do, but see that. We can do a Danish lesson. Sign, people can yeah. sign up. and Here we go. We can start learning Danish. Are Danishes from Denmark? Yeah. But the problem is here in the U.S., we just decided to say, oh, there's so many different ones. Let's just all call them the same. Of, the, of Danishes? Yeah. Like, Danish is – the pastries, the, like the breakfast pastries in the morning, there's so many different kinds. Oh, so they're not all real Danishes. I guess they are, but it's like saying I'm having a beer and then that's it. You can't say if you're having an IPA or if you're having a wit. Oh, so or you have different terms for different types of Danishes? Oh, yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what other types of Danishes are there? This is like life-changing. Groundbreaking. Well, the common one is the one with the little with the jelly in the middle, right? Kind of like a yeah. dough, and then there's a little splat of jelly they, in the middle. Do they all have like Danish names? Um, well, I, it just depends on how it is, really. Whether it's covered and it's just in the middle, or it, what type of jelly it is. Um, whether it's a single piece or like a bigger piece that you cut out at home. There's so many variations. So are we going to get the name for what that one is? I don't even, I don't even remember. I mean, yeah. I just know there's, there's like, um, oh, some good ones. Um, one is called Fushnaba. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like a frog something. It's a, the word's a frog, but it's a right. type of Danish. Got frog legs. We, we don't understand you people. You guys are all very polite. We know that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you guys have a lot of different, like small. I don't. How big of the town was it that you were growing up in? I know. I bet. I feel like that culture would have like a little, a bunch of little, small pastry shops on the corner streets and stuff like that. Or am I totally not picturing that right? <laughs> no, it's definitely more like that. Like, there's probably 200,000 people in the city I grew up in, but, like, the downtown feel was still, like, a downtown feel um, with a street with shops and the, you couldn't take your cart in, the, like, the downtown. But we had, in the whole, like, the county, we had, like, one or two, like, big, big grocery stores. But mostly people would go to like smaller grocery stores, kind of like if you go to a grocery store in New York or something like that. Yeah. And you would go to the baker. Like you would go to different places. Yeah. You would go to a grocery store, then you go to the baker. Then when you go to you the go somewhere butcher, for meat, yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. You don't have – it wasn't as much of a one-stop shop as, as it is over here. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I visited uh, Paris and uh, Bruges and kind of had that – same experience where it was like you you know there's all these smaller shops where you're, they're specialized and whatnot and everything was yeah. awesome so yeah uh one thing i i gotta ask you because 
I hung out with the guy back at the Honda Classic. Your caddy, Ed. How oh, did yeah. you guys meet up? And how the hell did that pair happen? Because that guy is quite the guy, quite the character. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's great. He's, I mean, he freaking sold meat for 25 years. Who sells meat for 25 years? <laughs> no, we got um, one of the cat. I think actually it was Taylor's caddy at the moment on the web back then. Um, we were playing some practice rounds together earlier in one year, and he, like, told me he had this guy that was started the caddy on the web and was looking for a player. I think he'd been caddying for Scott Langley at the beginning of the year. I was like, sure. I, I mean, I hadn't had any luck with any full-time caddies at that point. So I said, sure, I'll try him out at some point. And I think it ended up being um, maybe Chicago was our first event something like that, or maybe the week after. And then it's just, it was very easy and it kept being easy. So we just kept going and we're still going. He does seem like the easiest guy to have on the bag. I feel like he's just like happy go lucky. <laughs> he is. It's great. I mean, we work really well together, I think, because I'm very analytical and he is analytical too, but he realizes when I get into like a deeper level of, <laughs> of analyzing a shot or coming up with a way to, make up the right decision and he goes like okay yeah i agree so he knows when he's to say yeah i just i agree yeah just to give up yeah no it just <laughs> to make me a lot of times it's just when like for him he can sense when i know what i'm wanting to do and i'm telling i'm speaking out loud telling him and he knows he just needs to make me feel confident in that decision rather than challenge me and i yeah. think that's a it's, it's hard to teach that relationship it's just kind of you have it or you don't and that's why some guys jump around different caddies and, and other guys are able to stay with a guy because they have a guy that it works with. Yeah. Are you one of the more analytical guys? Cause I'm huge into the numbers. I feel like that's a big advantage in the game for those. You got who a little me. Bryson DeChambeau in you. Not to that level. I mean, <laughs> I do like to look at things in a, in a in an analytical way, but I don't look at, I mean, I don't remember the last time I looked at all of my stats, but, I'm sure I could get way more into it if I wanted to. You're not looking at air density. <laughs> is that no? Played, I'm not. Is that played up at all? Do you know? Is I mean, is Bryson really like squirt bottling his clubs before, like on the practice range, to see how the water affects the like spin rate or something? I I have not seen that, but I feel, I'm sure that to some extent that is talked up a little bit. Yeah. It sounds a little a little ridiculous, but I mean, he's still going with the whole like one club length, like I think so. He's set, steady. Right? He's going with it. Yeah, that is very interesting. I'll give him that. I mean, it did bring him to where he is now, so I feel like it's working pretty well. Yeah, yeah. works for him at least. All right. Well, uh, if we don't got anything else, we have one more thing to tend to, Sebastian. I know you're. Uh, Sitting pretty at one and zero in Canadian trivia, one of the rare guests to be sitting at one and zero. As a matter of fact, your friends Taylor and Jared both failed miserably. Ugh. Yeah, but we got we got back on board. We got a question for you today, multiple choice, as you know. So I'm going to give it to you guys now. The question is, which of these game show hosts is Canadian? Is it Bob Barker from The Price Is Right? 
Drew Carey of The Price is Right, Alex Trebek from Jeopardy, or Pat Sajak from Wheel of Fortune? Sebastian, you're first. I was, before you even said any options, I was going to say Alex Trebek. Okay. <laughs> Bold choice. Okay. I'm going with Drew Carey. Drew Carey. Yeah. Well, one of you guys got it right. So that's the good thing. The bad thing is, it's not you, Nolan. Congratulations no. for that. Two and zero. Oh. Really, a remarkable yes. performance. Wow, Alex Trebek is Canadian. Yeah. Did you not know that? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you knew it too. Did you really know it, or you're guessing? No, I had no idea. Oh, I he's guessing. Questions that you guys don't know. I'm running out of questions. Dude, Alex Trebek, he is a like super. I mean, people love him, and yeah. he's Legend like the game worldwide, man. Yeah, <laughs> worldwide. Well, no one. You moved to seven and seven. You're all tied up with Jerry now. Oh, we're tied. Yeah. Okay, so I was ahead of him. Yeah, you were ahead of him. Oh yeah, you're right. Should have taken more time, maybe. <laughs> Sebastian with the real impressive performance of two and zero. Oh. I could tell you one thing. I would not go 2-0 in Danish trivia, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, Maybe we can, uh, we can uh, incorporate that tradition every time I'm on. I'll bring a Danish trivia question for you guys. That's what we'll have to do. We'll be holding you to that. You're now miles ahead of, uh, ahead of uh, Taylor now. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll, I'll relax now. We'll be getting some good scoop from you on them, especially Jared, because he's really the one who threw you under the bus. Taylor, Taylor was very nice. I need to. I'm gonna pay attention to Jared. I'm gonna think about something about Jared. Maybe you just need to like set him up for failure. Yeah, I, I'm going to. I'm gonna think about something. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sebastian, for coming on, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Hopefully, we get the sure. season back on the road because we need content. <laughs> We're all going crazy, I think. Well, yeah, but, yeah. appreciate it, Sebastian. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.